What's up? What's up? What's up? How is everyone doing? We're gonna get some spiritual food in, man. Does anybody here like food? I'm a pretty big foodie, but I feel like someone influenced me to become a foodie. I wasn't just born a foodie. I actually, I used to be a really picky eater. I don't know if you guys used to be a picky eater, but anyways, big foodie, love food. Um, but you know, in the same way we love food, it's really important to have spiritual food, man, because that's how you grow. That's how you learn, that's how you adapt. That's how you become equipped, you know? Um, and so it's good to eat. It's also good to spiritually eat. So let's get into some, some good food, some good food for the soul. Okay, so today I'm gonna talk about someone named John, John the Baptist. John has some interesting chapters in the New Testament, and um, he's an interesting person because um, there's a lot we can learn from John's life, uh, specifically how God uses John, but then also what God says about John and what is said about John before he's even born. And then his intersection with Jesus, right? When Jesus was alive, John was the one that actually baptized him. You know, John was the one that um, was born sort of around the same same time frame as Jesus. And so, um, you know, grew up in a different city, in a different part, but um, there was intersection. And so um, it's cool to learn about that because um, you learn about someone's history and you learn about where they come from and you learn about, you know, what makes them them, what, what brought them to where they are. You know, John is not just the person that baptized Jesus. There's a whole other backstory and other history to John, right? And so we know that he was born of, of a woman who was old, a woman that wasn't, that was barren, that wasn't able to have children, um, Elizabeth. And John was born after an encounter happened uh, with an angel that appeared to John's dad saying that, he's gonna have a son. You know, the Bible specifically says that, you know, the angel said that God has heard your prayers um, and, you know, will give you a son. And so um, that's fulfilled and it comes to pass. And it's interesting because while Elizabeth is, you know, pregnant with John, um, there's an interesting encounter that happens because around the same time or, or a little time after or before this, uh, the angel appears onto Mary, you know, and prophesies and basically says that, hey, you're going to have a son, which didn't really make sense because she was a virgin, right? And so, um, but Mary believed what the angel said. She didn't understand how it was going to happen, but she believed it, right? Whereas John's dad at the time didn't believe what the angel was saying. And so uh, there's a bunch of different things that happened, but there's a moment where Elizabeth is pregnant with John and then Mary is pregnant with Jesus, visits Elizabeth. And um, the moment that Mary shows up, there's like this spiritual burst that happens um, because it's identifying not necessarily who Mary is, but who she's carrying. You know, there's a prophetic declaration of that. And so anyways, we're gonna look at John's life because like I said, um, looking at the history, we can understand a bit more and we can also 
get some key takeaways that reply that apply to our own lives um things that that is important to know you know god is so good and he's so kind and he's so loving and you know i believe that he speaks to us i believe one of the ways that he speaks to us is through his word and i believe that what he speaks is true so if he says that you're loved you're loved if he says that you're chosen you're chosen if he says that you know you are uh filled with purpose you're filled with purpose and so let, let's look at john's upbringing and and see if we can pull some stuff out of it to to relate to our own lives and our in our purpose and that's honestly my prayer is that god would use this time to kind of speak into your own life you know maybe you don't know how you feel about yourself or you don't know how you feel about where you're at right now in life or you don't know if it's all making sense and you know you you just feel like you're in between um I hope that these words can encourage you to let you know that you do have purpose and to let you know that it might not look the way you think, but it doesn't mean that you're not in purpose. And when God says something over you, it is, you know, and we can find uh, comfort and encouragement in that. And so, yeah, let's let's read. So if we go to Luke um, chapter one, starting in verse five, I'm going to read through these verses I might skip a couple, but um, this is kind of the sequence of events that happen when John, um, before John is is born. So it says in chapter one of, and then verse five, there was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abia, and his wife was the daughters of Aaron and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. And then in verse 7 it says, And they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well stricken in age. They were both old. And then it says that in verse 8, And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God, in the order of his course, um, so this is Zacharias, according to the customs of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And so it's just explaining, you know, what his role was. He basically was working um, within the temple and doing specific tasks and duties within that space, right? And then it just says that in verse um, 11, that in there appeared unto him, Zacharias, an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And then in verse 12, it says, And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. And your wife, Elizabeth, will bear a son, and you will call him John. And you will have joy and gladness and many shall rejoice at his birth. And so following along with this story, we can see parallels, right? If we go all the way back and we go to Abraham, Abraham and Sarah, you know, they were at a point where uh, biologically they were unable to have children, but yet God gave Abraham this promise of having these multitude of generations after him. And that can only happen through them having children, right? And so in the same way, you know, an angel of the Lord appears and declares something's going to happen, something miraculous. 
right? And so we kind of see that mirroring action, that consistent theme of, you know, God deciding to show up in particular ways to speak things over people. And so, you know, an angel says, you know, God has heard your, your prayer. So we have to assume that, you know, they were praying for this. They were praying to, to hopefully have a family. They were praying to, um, you know, have this particular need. And, and for you, it might not necessarily look like that particular prayer, but it might be a, a prayer of healing or a prayer of something that, you know, you have a need of. And so um, it's beautiful that this, this angel of the Lord is reinforcing that, you know, not only is God answering your prayer, he hears your prayers. And so something that we can really take from this and gather is, is realizing and understanding that, no, God actually does hear you. He hears your prayers. He hears your, your weeping. He, he hears those things that most people don't hear or see, you know, those secret things, those deeper things in your heart and in your mind, the things that weigh you down. He, he sees all of that. And he knows all of that. And, you know, as you're crying out to him, he hears that. And so God is compassionate towards us. And so it just... Um, from verse 15 to 16 to 17, it just starts declaring all of these things over who John is going to be and what his purpose is going to be in this prophetic, you know, futuristic kind of statement and declar declaration that is going to be upon John's life, right? John is not just going to be an ordinary miracle of... of <laughs> ordinary miracle that's an oxymoron but you know what i'm saying like he's not just going to be a miracle but god's also going to use him god's also going to use him and so you know it just says very quickly in verse 15 you know it says you know for he's going to be great in the sight of the lord mind you john's not born yet john's not even in the womb yet but god speaks this over him and this will get back to purpose and so in, in verse 15, it says, For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord. He shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He shall be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before them in the spirit and in the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of of the just and to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So this is spoken over him. Okay, this weight, this mandate, this mission, this 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 goal is spoken over him before he's even born. You know, and and mind you, we're reading in Luke, but there are chapters, right, where we hear of the prophet um Elijah uh prophesying about john and how john's gonna be that voice crying out in the wilderness and how he's gonna prepare the way of the lord and this will make sense once we see you know john and jesus actually interacting but um you know john was spoken over before he was born and so um at up until this point of the story one of the things that i hope that can resonate with you is that god speaks purpose over you God speaks purpose over you. I know right now we're reading about John and it can seem like, you know, which is true. His 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 mandate and the things that were spoken over him are very, you know, uh, weighty. It's, it's a really powerful thing, but it's the same God, right? And all of that that's going to be done through John is, is God working through John. And the same way that God can work through you. And so I just want to let you know that 
You know, you've been spoken over. God has spoken over you before you were born, before you were in your mother's womb. God has spoken over you. He's declared life. He's declared love. He's declared uh, truth. He's declared fellowship with him. He's declared using you for his glory. And so he has spoken purpose over us. And so that's one of the, the takeaways that we can take from this. But, you know, again, looking looking to John, um, there's a series of events that kind of happens after, you know, the angel explains this to his dad, but his dad doesn't really believe that this is going to happen. You know, he's kind of like, how is this possible? Like, I don't understand. How am I supposed to have a child? You know, and, and the, the craziest thing is he, you have to remember when the angel appeared to him, he fell down in fear. Okay. So that already is like something, something spiritual is going on here. And from that something spiritual going on here, if some, if an angel is talking to you and telling you, right. And you're aware of the fact that the angel comes from the Lord, um, and is telling you something is probably true. You know what I mean? I have not heard of a lying angel, you know? A godly angel. I haven't heard I haven't heard that, you know. But in our minds we reason, right? We wrestle with the things spoken over us, the things that God is trying to tell us, the truth that God speaks over us. Sometimes we have a hard time swallowing that because we're trying to understand God logically. And God moves beyond logic. He moves beyond reason. He he moves in the impossible ways. And so, you know, Zacharias, he, he had a really hard time um believing. He had a really hard time believing. And so, you know, the angel reveals himself to, to his dad and says, you know, I'm Gabriel and I stand in the presence of God and I'm sent to speak this over you to show you these glad things and these glad tidings. And one, one verse that I really love before we continue on in the story is in, in, in verse 14, it says, and you will have joy and gladness. I love that. It's going to go from a, a season of dryness, a season of desertness, a season of what is like a valley to gladness. And so I love that God speaks from mourning into uh, joy, from weeping into gladness, from losing into gaining. And I love that there's that, you know, um, proclamation over them. And, and it's, a, it's the same thing in our lives, right? Um, we go through seasons. But God is able to bring, you know, out of darkness into light. He's able to transform things and renew things and do things in ways that we don't even understand or comprehend, right? He's the God of the impossibilities. As we continue on in the story, um, you know, the angel, we know that the angel spoke something, right? And said, hey, yo, um, Elizabeth is going to have a son, but she's not just going to have a son. This son is going to be used in a miraculous way. God has spoken, it is spoken, and when God speaks, it is, right? It's yes and amen, and it's done. And so um, around this time, again, we see that, you know, in, in verses 26 going to 38, now the angel, there's an angel that appears on the Mary, right? Appears on the Mary and tells her what's going to happen and, and, and says that, you know, you're going to have a son, and this son is, is going to be you know, the son of God, this son is going to bring salvation onto the world. This son is the, this fulfillment of the extension of the throne of, of David. You know, he's going to have a kingdom that shall have no end, right? And so really pointing to this idea of the Messiah, because you have to understand that during this time, there was prophecies that 
the, the, the Messiah would appear onto people. And, and so it's, it's, it's said over her that she's going to have this son. And again, it's in a miraculous way. It's not necessarily in a way that logically makes sense, but it happens in a godly way. And, um, you know, the angel also tells Mary, like, hey, your cousin Elizabeth, she will also conceive a son in her old age, right? Um, and it says in verse 37, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. And, you know, Mary said to the angel, um, which is different than what, you know, John's dad said to the angel. Mary said, according to what you've said, let it be. Right. She doesn't understand how this is going to happen. She she doesn't even know maybe fully what's actually going on here, you know, but um, enough faith to say whatever, whatever it is that you're saying, if it's from God, let it let it be, you know, let it happen. Very quickly, I just wanted to mention that, you know, there was a certain time period where Mary goes to visit um, Elizabeth while Elizabeth is pregnant. And as Mary approaches, we see this in verse 41, 42, and 43 of Luke chapter 1, that, you know, something spiritual happens. You know, Elizabeth starts to kind of prophesy and speak in, in a prophetic manner and, and, and declares, like, Mary, the, who, the son that you are carrying is the Lord, is the Messiah, right? The one that has come to... Uh, take on the the sin, the the weight of 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 the 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 world, the sin of the world, to put it on himself and to be that savior for us all. And so, um, one of the things that I really wanted to 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 know on here and to touch on here is that um, John wasn't supposed to be born, right, biologically and logically, because why his mom was barren. His mom wasn't supposed to give birth, but she did because God's power because God's power so he was born by the power of God and he was spoken over his plan the plan that God had for him the purpose that God had for him he was spoken over and I want to encourage you and let you know that you too have been spoken for God speaks over you God speaks over you before you even enter into the womb because God says he knows the plans he has for you not of evil but of peace to give you an expected and God already knows you before anybody else does before you're even in the womb and that's an encouraging thing. Why? Because even though it didn't logically make sense how John was born all of a sudden, nothing is impossible with God, right? God can make something out of nothing. He can turn our mourning into gladness. God can speak a, a, a purpose and plans over us before we are even in the womb. Getting back to this place of purpose, the reason why I'm talking about John is because you may feel like you don't have a purpose. You might feel like you're comparing your life and where you're at right now, maybe to things that you see or other people that you see and you're like, well, they have purpose because they're doing this particular thing. They have this particular platform. They're doing this particular huge thing. They have purpose. They're living out purpose. And, you know, we, we start comparing each other and saying, well, I should be this and I should be like that too. Or we start doubting ourselves or having insecurities. And the truth is, is that um, you have purpose. God has spoken purpose over you. And it might not look like that person's purpose or that person's whatever platform, but you have purpose. Can I tell you something? 
the Bible talks about the fruits of the Spirit. Now, a great way to kind of understand this in a simple way is just that when God's Spirit is in you, right, you have a relationship with God, God's Spirit lives in you, right? It's a lot of people think like that voice that tells you, go here, do this, or I didn't feel like I was supposed to do this. They say that's their own voice, right? The consciousness or, or their conscience. But a lot of the times it's actually the Spirit of God leading you and, and, and moving your heart and all of these different things, right? And so when the Spirit of God is in you, because the Spirit of God operates in truth, it operates in righteousness, it operates in, in, in the very character of God, there are things that are going to flow out of you just from that proximity of abiding in the Spirit of God. So you'll begin to you know, have a deeper faith. You'll begin to have deeper compassion for certain people. You're going to have um, uh, a deeper love. You're, you're going to have a, a stronger patience. It all comes from the spirit. It's not actually the person necessarily becoming better. It's the spirit. You're giving the spirit of God room in your life. You're saying, God, I don't want to just occupy all of these rooms in my life. I want your spirit in these rooms. I want you to come in and fill the space and use me. Let your word be done unto me, right? Same way that Mary said it, you know, essentially, God, let your will be done in me. And, and as we do that, there's, there's things that flow out of us that people can actually see. There's evidence of your relationship with God. And in this, in the Bible is referred to as fruits of the spirit and so your fruits and the things that are developing in you right it comes from the lord it comes from the lord right and so um understanding your identity and understanding your purpose you have to understand that like god has made you uniquely you you're special you're special you you're uniquely you and all your Kirk um, quirks, sorry, and all of your personality traits or, you know, those weird little things that you, you, you like that nobody else likes or, you know, the things that you're great at, your gifts, your abilities, your talents, your, your mind, the way your mind thinks, the way that you, um, you know, love people, the way that you, uh, you know, are thoughtful, all of those different things. God is able to use you who is you for his glory. And so I don't care if that looks like, you know what, I'm I'm a cashier at Sobeys, man. I'm a cashier at Sobeys. I don't feel like I have purpose. Like I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a bus driver. I don't feel like I have purpose. Hey, I might be a CEO of a company. I don't feel like I have purpose. But can I tell you something? The fruit of the spirit comes from the spirit. So it's the same God. So if God is able to use John in a miraculous way, if God is able to use Jeremiah or Elijah or Noah, all these different people in the Bible, he's able to use you too in a miraculous way. Now listen, the the the, the problem sometimes can be is that we compare each other. We, we think that having purpose means I'm supposed to have a call in my life like Moses. I'm supposed to have this big burning bush moment. And it's like, no, 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 no. God speaks over your life. He declares life over you. He says, you know, you are the light of the earth. He says that you're my truth bearer. He says you're my representation, my reflection on earth of me. God says that you belong to him, that you're a part of his family. You know, he directs your path. He keeps you. He sustains you. He calls you to be the salt in the earth and to share the gospel. And that might look differently for everyone. So back to my original 
analogies, you might be a cashier and say, well, how can I live out the purpose of God? Well, God's called you to be a light in a dark place. So you as a cashier, how many people do you see a day? I don't know, between 50 and 100 people. Do you know how many of those people have burdens? Do you know how many of those people maybe lost a loved one recently? Do you know how many of those people, you know, maybe lost a job recently? Do you know how many of those people maybe, you know, went through a divorce or went through something really uh, crazy, right? That you might not be able to see, but just that hello, just that small interaction of, hey, how is your day going? Oh, I hope you have a great day. Bless you, you know? Um, you tell them a stupid joke that you know or something, you have no idea how much of a blessing that could be for just that one person, right? So I don't want you to start looking at your environment or looking at your situation and say, God can't work in me. Because the thing that you need to understand about God is that he can work in any space. You need to understand this. When Jesus was born, he was born in a manger. He was born basically in like this farmhouse thing. It wasn't glorious. It wasn't magnificent. Even the city that he was from was considered to be a city that was inferior. But God can use any situation. He can use any circumstance and he can use it to, 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 to manifest his glory. And it doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't, it's not compared to man's standard. It's, com it's, it's, it's what is conducive to his spirit. And a lot of the times Jesus spent his time, not really with the highly people of society or the people that everybody thought was, had it all together. He spent time with ordinary people, but he did miraculous things and they did miraculous things just from that encounter. So I just want to encourage you. You don't look down on yourself because, oh, I'm just a cashier. I'm just working here. I'm just, I don't really have purpose. No, 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 boo-boo. Because the God that is in you has spoken life over you. And he is able, he is able that the thing that he starts in you, that faith relationship that you have, he's able to bring it to completion. He's able to, to deposit a greater sense of him in you. And that's going to change the environment around you. It's going to change the, the, the interactions that you have around you. I don't want you to think of your situation as insignificant because God can make anything significant. He can use the lowly things. He can use the things that seem insignificant for a greater purpose. I want to tell you that you have value. You have purpose and God is using you in the everyday. You might not see it, but the fruits of the spirit have impact. It doesn't matter where you are because God is so great that he can even use a desert to declare a rainfall. You know, he can use what seems broken and desolate to declare a glorious thing. God doesn't need much. He just requires you. And, and, and as he uses you, he can use you in a miraculous way. Right. So I just want to encourage you, you know, abide in God, abide in his spirit. Let him let him speak to you, you know, walk into your workplace or walk into your school. Maybe you're like, hey, well, I'm just like in high school. Like, what can I do? I don't know. You know what I mean? How many people do you interact with in your day, though? You know, you have the ability through God to impact those around you. You do have purpose. And again, it might look different. I get it, you know? That tree bears that fruit, that tree bears that fruit. But it's the same spirit. It's the same spirit and, and God is just wanting us to be like this body of Christ, right? In the same way that your body has different parts, you know, you have hands, you have feet, you have kneecaps, 
you have legs, you have shoulders, there's all these different parts, but they all work together for the same goal. Imagine if your hand was like, well, I want to be a nose and smell things. I don't understand why the nose always gets to smell things, and the nose is like, well, I want to I want to be able to like grab things the same way a hand can grab things. It's like, but that's not the purpose. That's not the purpose. And if we were to understand that each part is significant, each part has 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 purpose because it's the same God. It's moving under the same headship and in the same way. Listen, I don't care where you're situated. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what your environment is. You have purpose because God has spoken over your life. And and there is power in that. I want you to know that David was 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 in a place where he was the last one to be seen. He was working with sheep. He was a sheep boy. He was out with the sheep. They so much so that when the priest came and was looking to see who to bless, they didn't even call David. They left David out in the back because he was like the youngest one and his brothers were the ones that were called and the brothers looked strong and everything. And God went through each of the brothers and said, no, not him. No, not him. And then when it came to David, it was like they had to go and call David. And they're like, yes, him, because you know what? God doesn't look on the outward appearance. He looks at the heart. He looks inside. He looks to see what, what what is capable. And so I don't want you to get your validation from the world because God has already validated you. I don't want you to get your validation from other people because God has already validated you. He's already placed his mark upon you. And when his mark is upon you, nothing can come against you because he's for you and he's with you. And so listen, your identity is wrapped in the fact that God has made you and that God has spoken life over you. So anytime you're feeling down, you're feeling discouraged, you don't know what's next, you don't know what to do, I just want you to understand that even in your everyday, I don't I don't care what that looks like. You might be a mom, you might be a dad, you might be, you know, an older brother, an older sister, you, you might be a neighbor, you might be a friend, you might whatever it is, a colleague, you have the ability to change the lives of those around you because of the God that's in you. Just be faithful to him, you know? And if you need more clarity, ask him to show you, God, how can I be used in this way? He'll do it. Wait and see what God is able to do, you know? So in the same way that God did a miraculous thing in John's life, he can do a miraculous thing in your life and he is doing a miraculous thing in your life. And so be encouraged, you know, because later on we see that John actually baptizes Jesus and uh, they have an intersection and it's beautiful to see how God spoke of John even before he was born. And I just wanna encourage you that God knows you, you know, he knows you. And so don't compare yourself to so-and-so and so-and-so. You're not meant to be so-and-so. Moses is not meant to be Joseph. Joseph is not meant to be David. They each have a unique path and a unique thing, but the consistency is the Lord Jesus. The consistency is the Spirit of God. The consistency is abiding in the Lord and depending on Him. And so be encouraged. You are the light of the earth. You are the light. You are the salt of the earth. You have meaning. When you walk into the room, the room changes. You have an, a, a power in you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. There's power in your tongue. There's power in your prayer. There's, there's power in your praise. Just continue to press into it and let the Spirit of God, you know, marinate your life and change your life and, and, and use you, you know, because he says that you're, worth, that you're valuable. He says you're so valuable and you're so loved. So lean into that and may you be encouraged to know that you have purpose and God has a plan for your life because you, my friend, you're spoken for.